<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey guys, this is Jen and Julian and you're listening to X Appeal episode 32. So you were saying you did nothing interesting this week. I was going to say, maybe maybe you should say that with more enthusiasm. Julian, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that was a little flat, if you ask me. You were saying... I don't know. Were, now that you're an American, do you think that you don't have to try as hard? Is that, is that are something... Talking that about, are you talking about you having nothing interesting happening this week or about my... I nothing, no, I had... I, no. I have a baby. I, have, I don't have a life anymore. Yeah. Life died when Ethan was he, born. Uh, but you, on the other hand, have some news to share. You made a decision between an apartment or a Harley Davidson. <laughs> and, and I chose no. And you yeah. chose the Harley. Yeah. No. I don't have enough anyways for Harley, for for uh, for an apartment. So I was like, I'm enjoying Harley. And when I'm ready, I will sell it. And so so well, where did you, is it a brand new one? No, no. Um, I'm trying to give you the long story short, but basically it's a model from 2018. So it's their new okay. engine. Something I've been eyeing for quite some time. Can how does that it? how does that compare to the like the price of a car? Like, so can I ask you how much you you it yeah. it costs for a 2018 Harley? Yeah. So I paid thirteen thousand five hundred for this. Okay. Yeah, that's about. It, yeah, you can get a car for this. But, you can get a car for that. But that bike new is sixteen thousand plus whatever. So you're looking around sixteen to seventeen thousand new at the shop, and then. When it's That's a Beverly new, Hills boob job right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but he uh but then most people will modify it. You know, you have to change okay. the exhaust because the stock exhaust sucks and then you have less power and then you so and what a lot of people do when they modify it, they use cheap parts. Because you can use, for example, an LED um uh an, an LED light, right, for your front light. Yeah, and you can get a Harley Davidson one if you want it to be Harley, and that's four hundred bucks. But you can also get a the same version on Amazon from China, and that's thirty dollars. So most okay. people will do that. But the modifications then, like that, though, that seems to be it's is, very is that safe. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it works, but it's just like that's part of like people customizing their Harley because when they straight out the shop, is there's always stuff that you need to change. Okay. And, uh, so that bike's about 15, no, 16, 17 brand new. And then he did a lot of modification. He changed the exhaust. But when I went to see it the second time and I rode it, I really took a look and every single modification he's put on is all Harley. Okay. It's all Harley parts. So, so we have been bikes for like the last seven years and already owning two Harleys prior. I know that whatever work he put into it was about four grand. So he bought it new and he for sure put four grand on that. So that okay. he probably, this bike probably cost him 20 and he wanted to sell it for 16.5. And then I saw that he decreased the price for to 13. And then I came in and I was like, I'll give you 13.5. 
Well, anybody who's not a motorcycle enthusiast has already tuned out of this podcast. Yeah. So, so congratulations. All you got to uh, know about this is that it's a deal and I paid less than market price <laughs> for it. So if I want, I can sell it for whatever I bought it, which is very rare. Yeah. So I'll, I'm tell, very you, I'll tell you what I, what, I, what I did do this weekend, um, yeah. going back to having no life. I did binge the uh, Sex in the City reboot. So that just proves you don't have a life. On HBO, yeah, I've, I fully admit that yeah. I don't. Okay. Um, so this is. Did you ever watch Sex and the City back in the day? Mm, no, I mean here and there. Like you never, never on my own. I was always kind of like forced by exes to kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what everybody says. Yeah. Yeah. So my my boyfriend says that he was kind of forced by one of his ex girlfriends to yeah. watch the Sex and the City, the original. Yeah. That's what we do. Um, we make you guys watch uh, uh, vapid shows like that. But I, I actually was a huge fan of Sex and the City. We, yeah, well, the movies kind of the movie sucked. There's but like a, a good-looking British guy in the first one. I remember who's like, yeah, kind of like grayish hair and whatever. The the one that sleeps around a lot. She's like in love with him or something. Like she sleeps around with him. Samantha. Yeah, and then in the second one, I remember there's like a French guy actually who they see showering nude, and then he always has threesomes. Okay. You that remember was that one? Movie? That was this in the second, and he became kind of big, that French guy. Uh, I didn't really watch the movies. Okay. I just remember it because he, he apparently he was kind of struggling as an actor in France, and then when he moved to L.A., he booked that part because they were looking for this handsome, like good-looking French guy who was okay to do nudity, and he did. And then after he got like a series regular on like two broke girls for like a season or two or something. Oh, really? I saw him on Netflix. Yeah. He literally looks like he could be my older brother. We look the exact same pretty much. Okay. So he's your French inspiration. French inspiration. Um, yeah. Actually, when I started, I DM'd him and I was like, dude, like it's oh. awesome to see like a French guy actually like booking and stuff. And, um, you know. And Did he, he ever was- get back to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, that's awesome, bro. Keep it up, blah, 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 blah. And then when I was on set for Two Bro Girls, the girl's like, you ju- you look just like Gilles. His name is Gilles. It's like, you oh, guys are brother. You were on Two Bro Girls. I forgot about that. Yeah, just one episode. But then I got all cut the out. same path, similar path as you. Pretty much, pretty much. So anyways, you're saying that you had no life and you were binging the show. Well, okay. As a, as a fan of the original Sex and the City, I... I find this reboot unwatchable. Yet somehow I've watched every episode. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm hoping that it gets woke. better. What's that? I heard they were very like woke right away in the yes, first episode. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot of wokeness. It's a lot of um it's a lot of trying to cram in every social issue imaginable yeah. into one series. And you're completely neglecting the storylines and and the characters. Mm. Uh, you know, so I mean, I, I find it very hard to believe that that Cynthia Nixon's um, character as a 55 year old woman is not familiar with black culture. Like you're a smart New York woman <laughs> who's been around the block. How mm. do you not know these things? Yeah. And I guess she was just mystified by the whole. I don't know. You know, I she didn't realize that that the her professor was a professor because of her hair braids and you know, whatever. Is that in the show? It's it's, yeah. It's, it's almost like, uh, these, these women have been put to sleep for the last 20 years. And then all of a sudden they wake up in modern New York city. In other words, a a city that's always been the same, but now we're just addressing these social issues 
you know, and and nearly every single show that you watch, to be honest. Um, but some, some shows do it well. Some shows do it well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, you you have, and I I can't think of the of the shows that I'm that I want to bring up right now. But I just it seems a little forced, and a lot of people in the LGBTQ community have chimed in, and they agree with that. Uh, saying that, you know, because the main character, the new friend in this show is a non-binary comedian named Shay. And okay, well, hold on, because I always get confused with the pronouns. So uh, yeah. non-binary meaning they do not identify as male. Do not identify as a he or a she. Okay. So, so they. So as a French person, mm -hmm. this is very confusing for me. And well, you know, like I feel like why? Like I think I think like when somebody says that it's confusing, uh it they're automatically like getting shit on, but like you're allowed to be confused and not understand it, yet still respect it, right? That's the position. Yeah. So like I don't understand the, the the pronouns and the change of pronouns, uh, but I respect it. If you know, because at the end of the day, like I'm not in your shoes. I, I don't know what it's like to not feel like my personality belongs in the body that I'm on. So I can only respect it, but I don't understand it. And one of the reasons I don't understand it is because French language has feminine and masculine for everything. Oh, and you mean just for, for objects of, even for, everything. okay. Everything. Like a glass for us, it's masculine. A car is feminine. A bottle oh. is feminine. Une and un. So I grew up with saying there's feminine and there's masculine and there's no in between. But I realized recently that the English language. Yeah, that's. Oh, yeah, sure. It could be us. Uh, so it's us. Uh, so we don't know if it's masculine, feminine. We don't have that same. Yeah, we don't have those same. Um, th that but, same syntax. But here. Interestingly enough, this this movement of pronouns is mostly happening in the U.S. In any like Latin countries where they have a masculine, feminine. It's not. I don't know if it's as accepted, but it's just like people from growing up with that specific um uh language there's there's we like i don't know it's like there's masculine there's feminine yeah when i think latino culture i i do i do think um it's maybe more avert and maybe i'm being stereotypical but I, I i do feel like it's maybe more averse to the idea of using of asking people for their pronouns when you first what, start a latino conversation with them. hmm what do you mean? You mean Latino? Because I mean Latin, yeah. like a uh, language that are based from oh, Latin. No, no, I, I mean like, yeah, okay, well, I guess we were on two different pages, but yeah, because I thought you meant like culturally. No, 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 like French uh, culture and then Latin, like French and like even Spanish and all that stuff. These are all derived language yeah. are derived from Latin. Yeah, I mean, you know, language, language, even aside, and and, and I'm sure that the pronoun, the pronouns are not something that I grew up with. Um, it's something that's okay. that this generation will grow up with. And I'm wondering what how that's going to manifest itself in their adult lives and their teenage lives. Um, yeah. We're already seeing some of it. I mean, I know that at least in the Sex and the City reboot, uh, um, Charlotte's daughter, whose name is Rose, I believe, now wants to be identified as Rock. Uh, not telling her mom... Um, that she wanted to be identified as, as non-binary, mm -hmm. uh, takes that to school, and now the people at school are identifying her as rock and saying they instead of she. So I just think there's like so much to navigate with that. And you and I haven't really brought anybody on the show yet 
uh, who can talk about this stuff. And it's become such yeah. a prevalent part of. I mean, I think we lives. did with kind of like uh, Dr. Drew and 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 his daughter. We had a little bit of a segment about all that because she. Uh, yeah, but that was part of a bigger one. I'm talking about yeah, somebody who can focus on it oh, and, and yeah. can answer all the questions that yeah. you and I have. Yeah. yeah, 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 and also, I mean, I think you know we're definitely going to touch base on, on on that, but it's just generally speaking, um, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring her and for our listeners, Amber is a good friend of mine, uh, who's done a lot in the gay community. She uh, used to, I think she still have, but she got very popular on YouTube because she had a um, a YouTube channel called Amber's Closet where she talked mm-hmm. about being a woman who is gay and and how to come out of the closet and helping people coming out of the closet and coping with their sexuality and all that stuff. And here's the thing, from a guy's point of view, I feel like generally speaking, people have somewhat of a clearish idea of how gay men act in a couple, right? I feel like it's, we kind of all generally have an idea of how it is. Well, gay also think, think about way, it this way. There's the bottom, there's one yeah. that's but with well, women, I have no about. idea. Huh? Yeah, it's more talked about. I, th- I think that gay men and and gay relationships are more or more talked about in in our society, but also in mainstream media. If you look at like some like Modern Family, for example, mm-hmm. they have a gay couple who's front and center. They do not have a lesbian couple. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of questions. Lesbian couples have almost been fetishized a, a little bit, if you think about it. Well, definitely. What you which. Know? Which, by the way, and that's something I want to ask, but don't you think it's a little unfair that you, Jen, tomorrow night can get drunk and make out with your best girlfriend and be like, oh my God, it was fun. We just had a few drinks and we made out. And I have done nobody, that before. <laughs> nobody will ever question your sexuality. No. If I did that with my buddy. I was like, oh, we got drunk yesterday and I made out with whatever, Paul. And you instantly would be, yeah, then you instantly oh. would be labeled either bisexual or gay. Gay, because, right? Yeah. And I, I, I realized that and I was like, that's so weird. Yeah, it's like, it's like those one-off hookups are, I guess there's more flexibility when it comes to women-on-women one-off hookups than there would be a man-on-man hookup. Yeah. And why is that? And I would love, I would love to know uh, Amber's opinion about that and about a lot of other things too. I mean, I feel like, you know, as two, two white straight people, you know, you, you don't want to, I'm Iranian. Okay. Okay. So. Sure. Very sure. Sure. And I'm Italian. Um, so I feel like we might be afraid to ask certain questions, uh, from the LGBTQ community. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, for we don't want to offending somebody. Yeah. And I think what's great about Amber is that she has made a career out of destigmatizing and and you know and let's let's talk about this as adults and you can ask any question. It, it it's it's something that I think when you have these conversations out in the open, there's less of a threat of somebody getting angry and offended and. And, and that's also part of educating people. Yeah. You know, if, if somebody feels like they're safe to ask a question without like offending, that's how you learn. So I've experienced yeah. that with two of my best friends because they're black. And sometimes they say something that I don't understand. 
because I'm a white Frenchman. So I don't yeah. understand what this thing could be offensive to say. or And then I ask them yeah. generally, and I'm always like, guys, I'm not trying to be offensive. I just don't understand where this is coming from. And then they explained to me, I was like, oh, okay. And then we move on. Yeah. I mean, how can you expect to break down those barriers if you're not willing to have an open, curious conversation? Yeah. The only thing is like a lot of people are not, they're curious, they're just assholes and they just want to offend. So I understand too. It goes both yeah, ways. Well, right? there's, there's no room for yeah. those kinds of people in Anyways, either one of our lives. And let alone a podcast. Uh, let's bring Ember also on top of being an activist. She's cool as shit. All right. So there she is with us. Uh, my good friend, Amber. Um, Jen, by the way, like Amber and I met at an influencer party maybe six years ago when I like still bring you to LA. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys yeah. have kept in touch mm-hmm. ever since? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, like here and there we'll talk and catch up. But I guess I guess that's the beauty of Instagram is like you don't really have to be in constant contact. You just kind of like keep an eye on each other and what you guys do. And then once what in a while. What does an influencer people- party look like? Was it? Was it? I just remember yeah. us being at, um, at where Chapel is now. And there yeah. was some type of function. And yeah, I met you and Mo. No, um, so I we met that. you before. I'd like, oh yeah, you met me and Mo at this like, well, Instabrand. You remember Instabrand? Oh. They were throwing like a house party and we went there. That's like when it was just started. And like at the time, like 100,000 followers was like a huge thing. Oh yeah. And then we wow. met. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then back back then, both of us, we didn't, we weren't as busy as we are now. Yeah. So yeah. we got to just meet up and do random what? stuff. Yeah, random yeah. stuff. Yeah. Then I think we did some videos too at some point with uh, Johan Jones or something. Oh, oh yeah. Like, oh my God, we did a bunch of videos. <laughs> <laughs> and one day she interviewed me for her, for her channel, which is Amber's Closet, which we're going to talk oh, about. Yeah. And you were just asking me, uh, lesbian terms. So you were asking oh, just what gay terms. terms. You did gay so terms. good too. Yeah. Really? I felt like I messed all of No, you killed it because you lived in West Hollywood. You did great. Oh yeah. You're absorbing. Yeah. Okay, it was just like, do you know <laughs> what absorbing. this is? And I was yeah. like, uh, and I had to guess. It was really good. Cause like some of them, I threw him a lot of curveballs, and he knew it. Like I remember which one was one that I wasn't even sure of. And you, you told me you're like oh yeah because i met these guys and they explained this to me i was like oh, oh yeah. yeah 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 so what's uh amber's closet about you are you still active on on your on youtube um not as much as i used to be but i try to be but um i would say like from the beginning it was just like me creating videos that i didn't see on the internet because i've been now on YouTube or the internet now for over nine years. And it's crazy because I've been consistent and consistent and I've been on other platforms too. But um, yeah, throughout the time, I would say I've just mainly been trying to focus on creating videos that I wish that I had growing up or that I wish that I had when I was questioning myself or trying to find my style or like just wanting to be a better version of myself. So like, that's what I kind of try to focus on. When you were growing up, did you have anybody uh, that you looked up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there wasn't anybody that represented me in the ways that I needed. That's yeah. Because sure. I looked up to like women basketball players, right? Because I was a basketball player. But that didn't help me when I was questioning my sexuality. And then it helped me um, when I was like trying to just find myself and like how I could fit in the world. There was like 
there was no one to to talk to or to like, I don't know, to understand that I wasn't alone in how I was feeling. So mm-hmm. it took me so long to come out. And because of that, that's why I, I want to help somebody else. I mean, can uh, I ask you what that experience was like for you coming out? Yeah. I mean, it happened in so many stages, really more so. I'm just, when I look back at it, I would get frustrated at the fact that it took me so long. Like Mm -hmm. I was all the way into my mid twenties when I finally came out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I wish I would have been able to come into myself earlier when I was first feeling like, Oh, okay. I think I like women. Who was the first person that you told? And who was the first person? I think my, I mean, the, my, the girl I was dating at the time, because she was low key. Like I, like it was, yeah, I think that was a moment. Like when we started in high school, when me and her started like kind of taking it further than friends, I was just like, you know, cause I think I like girls more. She didn't. I was just like, we were, I was a little secret. Um, for <laughs> her. <laughs> but um, I think after that, one of my best friends. Okay. Yeah. I feel like from an outside point of view, and obviously, what do I know? But it seems like there's more help towards men coming out gay. Like I see, I'll see more videos about it, like on TikTok. Mm. I'm coming across YouTube video about that guys explaining how they did it, and I guess I could see how there's none for for women. Is is there? I I, I guess it's yeah. I guess it's different because. it's different with how you show up as well in the world, right? Because I feel like uh, me as a, like a more masculine woman, like if I just started dressing this way early on, I'm sure mm-hmm. people would have been nice. like, yeah, no, they, they would have noticed. But like feminine gay women have to come out every single day, like every moment that a dude hits on them. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. yeah. And they have to turn around and be like, yo, bro, like I'm not interested. But um mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's like, it's different for everybody. And I, I think, I think with men, I don't know. I think it depends on their background, their race, like every, all those different things that take in, um, that you have to take into account when people are like coming into themselves and their sexuality. Because even like in and Julie and I were talking about this before you came on, like in mainstream media, like shows like modern family, or mm-hmm. Will and Grace, for example, like you see gay men portrayed in a big way, whether it's, you know, a caricature of what they think a gay man would act like. Um, but mm-hmm. either way, it's exposed to a mainstream crowd. I, have, I haven't really seen a lesbian couple portrayed in the same way. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest issues is that oftentimes when there are lesbians in media, there aren't lesbians of color and they are over sexualized. Yeah, and that's exactly. like one of the most frustrating things ever. We had our, like, one, there's only been one show with a masculine of color lead ever. And that is not that old. It's just like, just came out a season, season two just came out. And that's the first time you'll see a masculine lead, which is crazy. Which show is that? It's called 20s. Okay. And I haven't even heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. You remember um, that movie Booksmart? Uh, that oh yeah, the Olivia Wilde and like Olivia Wilde and and um like the lead, the lead's best friend is lesbian and it's mm. it, um it was it was great because I've also noticed that maybe ten fifteen years ago the whole premise of the movie was to explore uh you know gay sexuality 
But now yeah. in today's show and, 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 and content, it is already accepted. There's, we're not discussing it anymore. You it's just I mean? like, it, it's discussed, but not in a way that hits. I think the biggest thing that I have with media is that they don't often tell the right stories. They tell the same story over yeah. and over. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's just it doesn't even relate to majority of the community. So I think that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. But also just having a gay character in like as a best friend on the show. Mm-hmm. Simple. Mm-hmm. It's no longer we're, we're never it's like as much as before you would have a full movie explaining what homosexuality is. Now mm-hmm. it is set This is my gay best friend and we don't need to talk about it. Yes, he's gay and we're, yeah, and we're best friends. It, That's right, it. Right. Let's, let's move on from this topic. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. It's nothing that we needs to be overly discussed. That's just the reality, right? If you look it's even like a side at like, storyline. Yeah, it's just before yeah, you. It always is a side storyline. No, no yeah. it's just accepted. Like you look at shit yeah. Street, nobody questions David's sexuality. Nobody. Yeah. It's just like, that's the fact. That's how it is. And I feel yeah. like that's a good way for people to be like, oh, it's normal because it is. Yeah, it definitely needs, I mean, it's definitely great that it's becoming more normalized because it needs to, but I think the thing that's missing is the different ways that LGBTQIA plus people show up and not in just that way, not in just the like, oh, I'm flamboyant, I love clothes, like they, we, we show up in so many different forms, and so that's, I think what's needed is like more multi-dimensional characters like more backgrounds and more of just like oh yeah gay happens to be the plus i mean just an extra of yeah. like how yeah. amazing this human is yeah, yeah, right. fine, Focusing yeah. On the person the person's character as opposed to what their sexuality is yeah. have you right. have you seen the new because we were talking about this too the new sex in the city reboot no okay because a lot of Me people too. are saying that and, and even in the lgbtqia plus community they've been saying that the the character of Che, which is non-binary comedian, that it's it seems forced. It it almost seems oh, like yeah. um it's it's so in your face and it's like and and they break down. I mean every every stand-up routine they do it has to explain to straight people, cis people, uh what a non-binary individual is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what I mean, what do you think about portrayals like that? Because it doesn't seem in any way that this is something that's organically part of the storyline. Right. I mean, I think, I think when people realize that like they're not as exclusive as they could be, they try to throw in something just to fill a part of the conversation that's happening and like in, in the, in real life. So I haven't seen it, but that already sounds forced. Cause like, How did they show up? You just threw it in there just so you can say, oh, yeah, we're more diverse. Like, and we're woke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what people are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have a quick, like, language thing. And again, that's me being French. What What's the appropriate way? Is is lesbian derogatory or is it a okay term? Yeah. I mean, it's great with me. I, yeah. I've never heard it used as derogatory. There are a lot of words that describe lesbians that are derogatory. Okay. And, but that's definitely not one. Okay. That's so the, that's, yeah, okay. that's the, the main encompassing word. You know okay. what I'm saying? Other, right, either right. like to explain my sexuality. Yeah. yeah. So I also know uh, via your Instagram that you're, you describe yourself as masculine of center. Yeah. Okay. So what does that mean? Um, masculine of center with feminine energy, meaning okay. like 
Um, like at the core of myself, I feel that my masculinity is like my foundation kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. that's the more thing. And my feminine energy is kind of how I show up, like, and how I embrace people. And I'm more so, more so like when, when you're around me or whatever, I feel like I'm more of like, it's more feminine energy, but in okay. the core of me. Yeah. Like. I don't know. And how is that like expressed? Like, how do you, is it in your attitude? Is it in your style? Is it, how is that expressed? Mm-hmm. The masculine energy? Yeah. The masculine energy, I think it shows up in a lot of different ways. Like I think it's um, the way that I think or the, the, my strength, like there's so many different things about masculinity and like even sometimes touching on that I get like a because everybody feels that in different ways but for me I think it's just yeah my mindset and um my strength and my focus you know discipline and then my feminine is like my nurturing side my loving side my affectionate side um and my understanding and empathy that's for sure okay now are you pronounced still she yeah, she heard. Feel like hers, you're, I yeah. feel like you're you're saying you feel masculine inside. So, mm-hmm. so I think that's just how I think it's how I was raised, really. I'm a daddy's girl. And so yeah. he raised me with the mindset of a man. Let's be real. But I think just in, in general, how I am, like the things that I was more into at a very um, young age, I guess it would be considered things that are more masculine feminine we're also talking uh, earlier about um like if 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 a straight girl hooks up one night with another girl right and Mm -hmm. they're like oh my god we're just just having a drink whatever to the rest of like her boyfriend could literally be like okay yeah whatever like she just hooked up with with the girl it's no big deal she's still straight but if a guy if a guy does it Right. And, and has been portrayed to like women his whole life. And then all of a sudden one night he has a few drinks and then he hooks up with a guy. He's automatically no longer straight. I don't think any of them are. So okay. you think- the thing is, okay. yeah, no, I don't think anybody is. The thing is bisexuality is like 80. What? I think it was like 84, 87 percent of, of humans like fluidity. Most people are fluid beings in their sexuality, but they can't express it because of, you know, um, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And it's, and it's really sad, but, um, I think that, yeah, I think that people should be able to explore themselves a little bit more and not be afraid of like other people's labels. Cause that's something that I want to destroy is like the bad image of, people being bisexual. Cause I just think that they're people of the world. Like, why can't I do, just go out and see what's up. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, yeah. I don't, I, I think it's, it's crazy, but yeah, we do. We are hypocrites um, in society with like women being able to be openly bisexual and it'd be more accepted than if a man does it. And I think that yeah. that's really tragic and sad. And you've, I, I remember when I met you, uh, we're not going to say her name, but you were with yeah. a girl singer yeah. and she, she was, you were her first woman. Yeah. And I think yeah. I'll probably be her only. Yeah. yeah. And then I think she went back to dating men. Yeah. Right. And yeah, in, absolutely. Her, in her, I'm sure that the man that is yeah. dating her now, if he, if he knows that she was with a woman for a while, he would still think she's straight. She wouldn't, he wouldn't consider her bisexual. 
Yeah, I think when, okay, so her and I have actually had this talk when um, she's, well, first of all, let me just say that, yes, she was very straight. And then for a while, I just didn't make her label herself at all because we were together three years, right? Yeah. So it, her figuring out a label was not important to me because our connection was good. Yeah. No matter if she didn't like women in general, she still was, we were great, right? So you're with a woman. But in reality, I think that as soon as a woman enjoys another woman at a certain level, you are in the bisexual category. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't go back. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't go back, like yeah. if you do some things to another woman and you're pretty good at it, you're just over there for me now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Let's just be real. So um, I think even if she never dates um, another man again, I would still consider that because she was with a full on woman for three years and plus because yeah. we tried even after we broke up for a little while. Yeah, I've even asked my girlfriends about this too. Like, you know, if you if you were dating a guy and you found out that he had hooked up with another with another guy, um, mm -hmm. they would be, they would be turned off by that. They'd be like, oh, no, yeah. he's definitely he's definitely gay. Like, he's definitely at, at the very least oh, he's God. bisexual. And you know, I don't. What does that mean? Like, there's still a lot of like confusion out there. Yeah, for people, they don't know how to handle. It's not accepted with man on man. Yeah, it's, it's not, and they they look at it as like is something dirty, but. The thing is, is that most people are so insecure with not being able in their head to measure up to somebody else. It's this compare and contrast thing all the time yeah. that I think is crazy. I don't spend any time worried about somebody else. I'm just worried about my connection with somebody and that's what I want to mm -hmm. focus on. So I think that everybody is losing when they keep that mindset of constantly worried about the wrong things. And yeah. so I think I think for like, let's say your homegirl and she found out her man, you know, whatever. She's just like, damn, how can I compare it to that? You know what I'm saying? I think that's yeah. more so or or in her mind, um, homosexuality is just maybe not attractive. And she finds it, um, a, you know, not yeah. I don't know the word, but just there's not different layers. I mean, you could you could like do an entire therapy session with someone like that and still not be able to figure out where that comes from. Yeah, but yeah. it is it is hypocrite because the 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 woman who might be turned off by her man having a, a sexual encounter with another man might also be the same woman who makes out with all her girlfriends as soon as she had three tequilas. You For know, real, so, so yeah. it's like, like well, it's yeah. it's but it, but then it's part of it's a double standard, and there's a ton of double standards, you know. Yeah, but I think really also we're, we're talking about too. Um, it's like it's going to take time for people to be okay with it because even if you look at the past generation, like the conversation I have with my dad, who's far from homophobic, he still doesn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like it's something like we're the transition, and then the the kid, our kids will be even more understanding than I. I'll still remember this one time. I'll share you the story where I got my first tattoo. Okay, and I was 22, 23, and then. I, I, my my dad hated tattoos, so I went up to I went back to France, and we're gonna build, we're gonna be in the beach like two weeks later. So I was like, I gotta tell him because otherwise he's gonna figure it out, and I'm gonna get like shit for it. So I sat him down, and I was like, Dad, I have something to tell you. And he's like, Well, what is going on? And I'm like, You know, I want to tell you, and also I chose my words. I want to say poorly. Because I said, I want to tell you. I before, build up. Yeah, I was like, I want to tell you before you find out by someone else. And mom already, <laughs> and mom already knows about it. She, she's more understanding than you. And and then my dad's face, just like, you know, Iranian male, man, was just like, you, 
like it's it's still like as much as he doesn't care it's like for him his son to be gay might be like a something it's like a big thing so and i was like i just want to let you know i had a tattoo i got a tattoo and then he's like this this sense of like relief and he's like oh my god uh, okay okay well i thought you were gonna say that uh, you were gay and then i was like well i mean you've seen me since i was 17 i've been with girls and i brought girls home and all that stuff and his answer was like yeah but your generation one day you're with a girl one day you're with a man you never <laughs> do anything and it's just like he's just confused about it but that's hilarious that he thought that because the way you set it up kind of sounds like yeah. it too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's hella crazy is like when i started to come out i did it so dramatic in a way i'm like if i tell somebody something so bad that then I say, just joking and just say, I'm gay. It'll mm. soften the blow. Right. So I literally, literally told so many friends and I think a family member that I was ill, like, yeah, like cancer or something yeah. like so dramatic and crazy. And then I was like, okay, I'm just joking. Cause then now they start crying and they're being all dramatic. I'm like, I'm just playing. I'm gay though. You know what I'm saying? And then they all just like literally got so mad at me and wanted to beat me up for making them scared. But I was just like, oh, I thought if I told you something bad. Anyways, I was so immature for that. Don't do that, anybody. Is that so? How do you advise people on your YouTube channel that like that are struggling when they're like in their teens to possibly come out? Do you have an actual set method? Because on your own video, it's not like you have a one on one talk with the person to actually like have a plan for them. But is there like, Do you have a specific or like a little bit of an outline on how to do it or how to approach it or how you recommend doing it? Yeah. I mean, it's so hard because every situation is cir sure. circumstantial. Yeah. Like, yeah every, everything is different. But um, it, I try to give some advice that will help people in certain situations. Like um, if they feel like their home is unsafe, if they come out, I advise them to like keep that to themselves until they're able to move out or go to college yeah. or just be in a safe environment. I often tell people to, you know, um, look for like L the LGBT center or different places to find community, to have um, like someone there for them to have their back or to help them through um, their, what they're feeling or what they're thinking or just get educated on different versions of like themselves or how they can even do that or even just like, you know, just get some information about what they're feeling. That's like the main thing. Or I help people like if they want to like drop little gems, like one way to do it to parents. If you feel like your parent um, will be welcoming, but it's probably better that they figure it out, which yeah. it will work a lot of times, right? Because a lot of times parents will get defensive and feel like it's something that they did. So if you drop little like crumbs around and they're able to pick it up and be like, hmm, and like sit on it for a while, then the conversation becomes different when they're already imagining, oh, what if my child is this way? What if my child it needs to come out? And so if you drop little crumbs and then your parent sits on it for a while and approaches you, the conversation is much different than if they walk in on you with You know what I'm saying? Your best friend, or yeah. you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Um, yeah. It becomes different. What's so I try to just give a, like, like um, like, I don't know, like little crumbs, like, um, I don't know, like, I leaving a TV station, like leaving a show on TV, and it happens to be like LGBT themed, um, or like doing a I don't search. Know, like, yeah, just like, oh, I have a pride flag sitting on the, you know, like little yeah, things yeah. that might like, The, the, your parent might pick up on it. Um, I also recommend like um, icebreaker type things. 
Like if you're sitting at the table with your family and you kind of want to know how they feel about, you know, people that are LGBT or whatever. And you just like say, so like, Hey mom, did you, do you like watching Ellen? Like, what do you think about her? You know, like things like that. It's just like, then they're going to reply like, Oh yeah, she's a great person or go right into her sexuality. And then from there you can kind of like be like, Oh, okay. My parents feel this way. Am I safe? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a great. Gosh, I always just my because my best friend um, didn't come out until he was in his late twenties mm-hmm. uh, for fear of what how his father would react. And I was thinking to myself, like, first of all, they gotta know that you're gay. <laughs> they gotta know already. <laughs> I I've known since he was twelve years old that he's that he's mm-hmm. been gay. Um, but more than that, I think it it part of the reason that it breaks my heart. Uh, to see people suffering like that is the idea that they're worried their parents aren't going to love them anymore or respect them anymore because of who they are. And why would you, why would you want your son or your daughter to live a life of suffering as opposed to just being who they are and being happy, even if it means being with somebody of the same sex? I think that's what's, that's what, what hurts me. I know it's really sad. I, I was, afraid to let my dad down and like, and not make him proud anymore because that's what I, that was my goal, like majority of my life. And it's really sad that like parents, um, especially like, I feel like my generation, um, parents weren't able to like live the way that they wanted to live or like mm-hmm. uh, as freely. So I feel like they apply all those restrictions now on their children and living through their children in an unfair way. And yeah. I feel like that's one of the ways it's just like, no, you have to do this and you have to go to med school or you have to do this because I did it. And then they like place all these restrictions on them instead of just loving them for who they are. And I think that um, my generation was like starting to break the mold. And now like these Gen Yers or whatever, are we back? Wait, what are these babies now? Gen Zs, whatever. Gen Z? Yeah, these these babies. (laughs) Yeah, they're out here wilding, but um, (laughs) in a good way though. So I feel like, it's it's weird. It's like I feel like my generation has to like start breaking the stigmas and healing traumas so that the next one, next the can, next generation can yeah. do their do you think thing. Any kind of resentment on the part of older generations that we have so much more freedom than they did? No, I know. I I think I get asked that question a lot because I always say that like, oh, I do the videos that I wish that I had. You know what I mean? And they're just like, mm-hmm. well, how like do you get angry that you didn't have that? I'm just like, no. I just feel like. I need, I, all I keep thinking about now is just like how I want to help someone else. And like, yeah. if they're able to reach further than I am, cause I, I have, you know what I'm saying? I'm able, I have their back a little bit, then that's great. As long as somebody yeah. gets there, I'm just, also, I just care about not as much outlet as they did, you know, with internet at and all stuff. So it's like, it's obviously it's, it's so much easier for the older generation to be closed minded because they don't have access to anything else than what they know. Yeah. Uh, and it's also crazy because the older generation comes to me and says, wow, like yours, I wish I was as brave as you, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a lot of older queers that come up to me and say, like, it took them forever to come into themselves or they waited till they were married with kids and later in life yeah. actually come yeah. out because they weren't yeah. able to back then. So they think I'm brave. And then I'm looking at these 12 years old, 12 year olds coming out on TikTok <laughs> like Wow, yeah, like, that. But I, I do think there's like a lot more um, uh, open mindedness now as, as opposed yeah. to generations past. I mean, these like OG gay men and women, 
like the the ones who were at was it Stonewall Inn? Yeah, yeah, in New York. Like holy shit! <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they, coming out for them was way different than the experience of somebody coming out today. Oh my yeah. gosh! But it also because I think it felt unnormal for them, right? Because right now, like you said, you can go on internet and find at least 15, 20 people that are in the exact same yeah. boat as you. Back then, right. it was just you around your friends. Yeah, and then it was right. like, you know, there was a lot of shame that went along with it too. Oh, from yeah. Society. I mean, from from every everything, especially when you bring up Stonewall. I'm a Stonewall ambassador, so that means that I am one of, I think, there's like 15 of us that have made it a point to pass on to the next generation the history behind and where it all started. Yeah. And Stonewall now this summer, or I think we're on year 52 since that happened. But what's so crazy is like, um, I'm actually in a documentary about Stonewall where you can actually wow. like hear the voices of people that were interviewed afterward that actually were in the riots, which is really dope. And I'm so happy to be a part of it. But it's so crazy because they sit there and they tell you that even the police, they had to deal with just society bullying them. But the police would often show up just to beat them up because they could. Yeah. And that's what that's what ultimately started the riots is they were so tired of the police just coming in, shutting them down and beating them just because of their sexuality. And that's how it started. It's just so crazy to think that, like, you literally just have to get it from everywhere. You show up and you try to be the person that you want to be and try to love yourself. And then you walk down the street and you're being literally, you know what I'm saying? Physically attacked. And then yeah. you go into a place that you feel is safe, which is like one of many or one of few gay bars. And then you literally are attacked by the poli- people that are paid to protect and serve you. Yeah. That's it's like crazy crime. Yeah. yeah crazy. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's insane. So it was hard. Nate called. Oh, that I think it's just Stonewall. Hold on, let me Is see. Is it out already? Oh yeah, there's one where it's like um it's on YouTube and it's me, Lance Bass is in it. Um yeah, but it's it's really nice. dope. And also, so that might be a, a dumb question, but you know how like in gay men relationship, I feel like people are always like, Okay, he's top, he's bottom. Yeah, right. Um, is that the same when with two women? Is there like I feel like people are so uneducated and so scared to ask questions. It's like, is there an actual woman and quote unquote a man when it comes to a gay to gay relationship or no? I feel like no, but I just I don't know. I think overall this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier with like labels, right? Yeah. Um, because like when I start saying masculine center with feminine energy because I feel like these labels are so um, restricted. I, I don't know. The, yeah, the restrictions, yeah. but also I just think they're unnecessary a lot mm-hmm. of times. Yeah. And I was such a label person when I was first on the internet because I needed people to understand that I was different than what they knew about. Like, especially if you talk about lesbians, you, you really only know two, you know, a stud, which is more masculine and a femme, which is feminine lesbian. And so when I was first on the internet, I kept, I put them together. I'm like, I'm a stem. I'm somewhere in the middle because I knew I felt more androgynous. I wanted to, I lean on my masculine, but I also lean on my feminine. Right. And at the time that was not normal. Every time I would show up as this, like a little bit of both, I would get, kind of like, I don't know, the studs wanted to fight me. It was just like not a normal thing, but then it became more normal as people started talking about it, expressing themselves. So what I learned as I, as I grew up and I was like, oh, I don't, 
want to just keep labeling myself and especially being in that relationship where I was with somebody that was technically straight and realizing that labels aren't that important because I'm with somebody I have a great connection with. Why do I need her to have a label just to fit in just to make everybody else comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, that makes sense, yeah. Because it's yeah, actually for so, other people. Yeah, you're right. It has nothing to do with you. It's not. It's 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 other people trying to figure us out. Yeah. Right? And then right. so when you think about it like that, that's when I'm just like, oh, it, it's not as important. But one thing that the the LGBT community has done that is a problem is taking on heterosexual norms, normatives, just to fit into society. And that's where you get the who's the man, who's the woman, right? Because we think that we have to fit into these norms so that society recognizes us, but then uh, uh, supports us, right? So we have to have a man and a woman for society to be like, oh, okay, that's the only way this makes sense and we can accept it. So I try to break those things. So no, I... I don't know. I just think like one of the you break it with like compassion and understanding, like understanding that people this is the only especially previous generations. This is the only frame of reference that they have when you're describing like who's the man and who's the woman in a lesbian relationship. Like they're they're relying on traditional, I guess, uh, values. Yeah, Yeah. they've gotten used to 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 understand Mm -hmm. what that life is like. But in a sense, I I feel like it makes sense that they the LGBTQ um decided to operate this way because if you think about it people are dumb and people tend to not be compassionate if they don't understand something Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so trying to explain to a straight midwest person (laughs) that there is not the only dynamic he's known in his whole life is he or she is known as man versus woman and you Mm -hmm. try to explain that this couple has none of that they're not going to understand it I don't mm-hmm. think they will. You have to be very. No, no. I mean, like, listen. Yeah. You're talking about my dad, well, basically. Yeah. Like, so then, uh, if you're a member of, yeah, of the and, lesbian community, and and you don't want to be hurt by other people, the only way you have, uh, in a sense, to survive and to be understood and to be, you know, be, like somewhat accepted, is right. to put it in terms of that idiot that doesn't understand that it right. could go in a thousand ways. So I understand yeah. why people. As much as I understand, it's it's so wrong because it does not describe your relationship at all. It does not describe how you are because you said there's no women, there's no real men. Right. But for the idiot out there, the average Joe yeah. who doesn't understand it, all knows one thing. How else? How else would you suggest then going about it to explain it to someone who's who is who doesn't know? Well, point. first of all, we don't have to explain it to them. And no. I think that's the that's the thing too. Is like. There are people out there that have the time and the patience. I'm one of them to explain it to people. But more often, the people, the way that people approach things are um, in a mindset of ignorance and judgment. And yeah. so we can't always we don't always have time for that. And that's one of the things is I had to let go of is think is not caring about those people's opinions so that I was able to finally come into myself and come out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I don't even now I don't worry about them. But that goes back to why I was saying that I don't, that I feel like labels are more so for everyone else to understand yeah. us and not really yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of like maturity and, and evolution with where you're coming from because it's very easy yeah. to get offended uh, and, right. to, and to get defensive. But for you, you explain things in a way that's like, okay, I'm just trying to help you understand. I'm not judging you. I'd appreciate it if you don't judge me. I'm just trying to help you, you know, understand what, what my life is like and what millions of other people's lives are like. 
Yeah. You know, so when I have that type of person like come up to me and ask me questions, I just like hit them with something oh. like, oh, have you ever been cheated on? Like normal relationship shit that everybody's been through yeah. where I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, me too. Mm-hmm. And, I heard, and I had to do this and this. Did you? And it more so like um, it helps, like, especially if people are so opposite, let's say like a white Trump supporter and I have a conversation or whatever. Right. And like, it almost like me explaining something as simple as that humanizes me all of a sudden. And it's like, Oh wow. We actually do have a lot in common. Have you ever brought anyone like that onto your YouTube channel? No, I've done panels with these people. Oh, you have. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) And I enjoy it. You know, like, um, back in the day before, you know, um, COVID happened and we locked the whole world down. I did a lot of like YouTube conventions or social media conventions and they would put me on a lot of panels that were for activism or politics. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I'm sitting on the same panel with someone with opposite views completely. Um, But I liked it because by the end I was his favorite person on the panel. I was about to say like, I've not, every time that we've hung out, like even when we run into each other, so I don't know one person who ever says says anything else than oh yeah ember's so dope like you. you know that's like part of your thing and i think that's what you're doing and why you're so good at it is because i think that's that's you're just natural at that type of stuff yeah so it's it's a it's the right career that you've chose because you're able to have conversation and, and humanize all of this and i don't know anybody who dislikes you so it's like we need more thank you ambassadors and activists like you in the For world. real, that's why yeah. that's my one of my main things. It's like I just want to uplift more voices to feel good to speak because it's like, like one of the things I always love to say is like I want people to realize that they have a voice and that's that it's important and that they should use it because. Yeah. Not not just one of us in every category needs to tell the story. You can't tell the story for everybody. Like more stories need to be shared so that it becomes more normalized in the conversation. Um, it, it becomes more open and and like what we were talking about earlier. If we are discussing more of LGBTQ stories and more dimensions than just that one gay best friend that's like mm-hmm. the fashionista, then. <laughs> Then yeah, then other people just understand that oh, this is just normal. This is just normal life. People are yeah. just different. But people are but so you're able to educate people because of your approach to the whole thing, right? From it's like it's like if I want to have a conversation and try to learn about how your relationship works and how you know you you you, you experience life, I need me as a, a curious question to feel safe that I can actually right. ask this question. And I think one of the things that is going on too, especially right now, with everybody getting, a lot of people are getting offended, rightfully so, because some people don't use, are not like, don't give a fuck. But it is also, there's a balance where I feel like the person who's trying to get educated should also kind of feel like he's okay. It's okay to ask questions question without yeah. offending the other person. I'm scared shitless to offend somebody who uses different pronouns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for example, I don't understand. Then I was te- I was telling um, uh, Jen, in the French language, there's only masculine and feminine. That's where I grew up, so I don't understand it. But it's if yeah. I'm always scared to be offensive. I'm scared to ask questions mm-hmm. about lesbian relationship. I'm scared of stuff because I'm like, oh, I don't want to come out as like um, somebody who's you know, it's yeah, or who's just like trying yeah. to offend someone. I'm just trying to learn, and yeah, unfortunately. I think, but- like that. I feel like it's the energy like um, that somebody puts in because like if you're 
the drunk guy at the bar coming up to the lesbians and they're just like, yeah, so like, how do you guys do this? Uh, yeah. so whatever. That's completely different than yeah. when you come up and just be like, oh, your relationship is so beautiful, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Like, I'm just, I'm, I, I need to be educated asking a question because oftentimes yeah. when you ask permission, like, then that is, that is your, your understanding, you know what I'm saying? And you're not just like throwing it. You're asking, can I, you're giving them the option to opt in or opt out. Right. Yes. And then that's, it, that's always good. It's just like, um, and especially if, if, if you feel like somebody might have different pronouns, because I'm, to be honest, I'm scared of being offensive a lot of times too, especially yeah. you have to think that we're constantly growing and learning and creating new labels and categorizing each other in ways that are very different in a rapid pace. So right. even right. me, I can be more, I, and to some people I'm old school, right? So oftentimes like I have to go and ask the questions too and be updated. So because of that, I am very um, understanding of others outside of the community. Yeah. If there's some of us in the community still trying to figure it out. So yeah. I think it's just like handling things with grace and understanding. And then, and then um, just asking, be like, Hey, I'm Julian and my pronouns are da 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 da. How about you? It's just giving someone grace and giving someone uh, safety and comfortability to be like, oh, I can share this here or yeah. I can, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, it's yeah. just the way that you approach it. And um, Jen, I know you had uh, one last quick question. Uh, you know, you, you sent me this question about would it be easier? Is it easier in a relationship? Oh, no, sorry. I think it was that's my, I asked my girl and she had this good question. Is like, Um, do you feel like, so, you know how like a man and woman relationship, there's always miscommunication and men are like, I don't understand women and women are like, oh, I don't understand yeah. guys. Like men are from Mars and men are from how, Venus. Yeah. Like I don't understand yeah. how, how, wait, no means no. That's it. There's no underlying between. Right. Do you feel like just two women or two men, they just, it just kind of works better because it's like, you guys just understand it's each other. And like my best friend and I, Mo, we understand each other. It's just, we yeah, y'all do. It's, 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 it's done. Yeah. I mean, we both have, have the male brain. And then if you both have the female brain, like, yeah, okay. I, I get what you're saying. No, I don't think that at all. I think no? humans are just humans. Yeah. No. Because I mean, when I dated men, they were the softest, most emotional ass dudes. They pretty much. And I think I probably, that makes sense because of how I am, but like, Um, yeah, even my sister too. I just think that humans are humans, right? And I think that the connection you have with people and how they show up with their emotional maturity or if they're mature at all, or like where they are in their self-growth journey, how do they love themselves, their, what their love languages are, all these things affect how people um, are with each other and the connection that they have. And a lot of people just don't take those things into account when they should, right? Yeah. So I think that um, it's not about men or women or anything in between it's just literally humans and how we, we function <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a great, it's a great way yeah say it amber yeah, thank you so much yeah. I, hope you, i hope you come back we're gonna we want to have you back um yeah for sure sooner than later um, yeah what, what, what are you before wrap it up what are you uh what are you working on right now Any things that people should be on a look, lookout for? No, not really. I'm been. I'm literally just kind of getting back to myself. I had to take a mental health break for like December and yeah. most of January. Um, the world is just like heavy, and I'm just yeah. Half, and I'm just like taking a lot of it on, and sometimes I just need to take a break. And so, um, yeah, that's what I've kind of been doing. But I have worked on some shows that I think are going to roll out at some point this year. So awesome. 
That's and exciting. then anybody, everybody can like find you on Instagram at Ember's Closet. Yes, Ember's um, Closet everywhere. Ember's Closet everywhere, and um, yeah, that was um, that was great and very informative. So yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah, having a good open conversation. Yeah, of course. Next time we'll talk about sex. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Let's, talk about sex. Let's do it. Thanks, next time. Perfect. Of course. All right. Oh, she was wonderful. I love her. I know. I know. I, I knew. I knew she'd be the perfect fit to bring on. Yeah. Like, you, the, know, this, you know what I appreciate the most about her is that she came at it from the perspective of like, you know, help me help you. It's almost like I I felt comfortable asking her any kind of question about the LGBTQIA plus yeah. community. Did I get all the consonants and vowels? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and I think that's why she's such a successful activist and advocate. Yeah. And just like, listen, even in person, like there's, there's an energy about her. Yeah. Like that I, I remember because there's not a lot of people that I met at an influencer party that I'm still in touch with. Honestly, there's, yeah. one. there's one. I want to be her friend. Yeah. And and I remember from the beginning, it's like, man, this girl is cool as shit. Absolutely, like you can yeah. kick it and literally go to lunch, and it it just she just feels like your your best friend like right away. And there's mm-hmm. that, that's, to me, that really is a gift that she has. It is a gift. That's not many people have that ability to make you feel like you know you're the only person in the room. Yeah, that's how she makes you feel. No, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And for our listeners, she did mention coming back, and we would do a podcast about sex only yes which so really- any 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 questions that you guys have oh yeah that would be a great like if you guys our listeners have any sex question when yes. it comes to women on women and and maybe i don't know guys and all that stuff anything shoot it our way because we can have an open conversation about it that would be yeah. awesome perfect my laptop's dying too so i'm gonna plug yeah yep i'm on well 23 percent. i still yeah. have some life but that's not bad but I think, um, yeah, awesome. I mean, I learned a lot for sure. Her insight was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad we had her on. All right. So I guess, I guess that wraps up this one That's until it. next time for, for, for next week. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have to go take care of my passport. Go do it. All right. Well, uh, my and, uh, we will see you next week. Huda Media Production.